Do you go with the flow? Join us each week as we take one topic from classical Christian education and ask ourselves whether or not we're going with the flow. Well, welcome everybody. This is Going With The Flow, episode 5, and this week we are talking about whether or not we should read Harry Potter. My name is Tyler Howitt, and I'm with me here is... Eric DeVries. And we are about to offend, I think, everybody today. Yeah, I think that's the goal. We kind of set out with the plan to just make sure that everybody was offended to some degree or another. I mean, what's the one topic that will just make every family mad? And let's go for it. And we thought... Harry Potter. Yeah, it's like it's like you you go onto an airplane and you and you say, uh, and you want to make people mad. You just ask, hey, what did you pay for your plane ticket? And <laughs> yep. you know, it's the same way. You go into a church and say, hey, what do you think about Harry Potter? And, and then you're going to find out real quick, yeah. you know, who the real Christians are. That's right. You know, totally. and those are the ones, obviously, just who don't read Harry Potter. Yeah, clear, clearly. So, uh, you know, Tyler. Um, I want to kick it off and, and have you start by telling us uh, your story about how you uh, came to read and dare I say maybe even enjoy Harry Potter. Good question, Eric. I, like every good Christian child, um, didn't read Harry Potter right away. Um, you know, this it's it was uh, it was evil, it was satanic, um, and but what really it was so so Harry Potter. You know, is it published by J.K. Rowling uh, between the years of 1997 and 2007. In 1997, I was in eighth grade, and uh, I was sitting in uh, – actually, I was probably in seventh grade, but I was sitting in my eighth grade logic class. That makes uh, me feel old, Tyler. It, it does. It does. Uh, and, you know, that's – you know, I'm okay with that. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little all right with that. Thanks. Thanks um, and uh, I was sitting in my, my eighth grade, uh, you know, it was not my logic class. It was our, our like uh, social studies, like our current events class that we had to take. And we, each week, one of the things we had to do was go find a magazine article and, uh, and then like write a response to it of some kind. And so that year, this, you know, terrible book was taking the world by storm. Um, although a lot of people don't realize Harry Potter did take a little while to, 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 catch on. It, it wasn't uh, as much of a sensation in book one, but it, it pretty quickly picked up. And uh, I had, I, it was World Magazine that I picked up and there was a book review of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in which it talks about this, this, this orphan child who hates his adoptive parents, his aunt and uncle, and does everything that he can to rebel against them, including uh, including, you know, looking into witchcraft, and then did he he disobeys the rules at his school, um, which in this school he's learning witchcraft, which of course is even more evil, and uh, and I so then I you know my self righteous eighth grade self um, wrote a response about this evil book and and that no one should read it and that it was just you know the core uh, you know core evil those poor adoptive parents who took him in kindly took him in um, you know how dare we be writing these books to just corrupt the youth so that was my introduction to Harry Potter do you still have that essay Tyler no and I've I really have I, I've thought about trying to even like contact that teacher or even I, I really kind of wanted to even find that article and I, I've always said World Magazine I think it is but I couldn't find the article back in some archives uh, I wonder every once in a while if if they've done some creative you know hiding of some scathing things <laughs> so even better though because of that my mom 
you know, knew about Harry Potter, had heard about it as well, and banned us from reading it. Um, and so, of course, when a parent bans something, what's the first thing they, the kid wants to do? They want to read it, of they want, course. They want to read it. Yeah. And as a good child, a good student, I, uh, in only that one respect, I decided to go to the library, and I brought I brought the first one home, and um, and and read it, and it was really you know I, did you I hide loved it, it from your mom, Tyler? Oh, I fully disobeyed my mom. I ha- I hid books two through four in my sock drawer. Um, as I was reading them, so that, and so this was the, over the next couple of years. Whenever a new one would come out, I would go get it from the library, hide it in my sock drawer, and you know read it undercover at night. Um, and and mom, I actually talked to my mom. I told her I was gonna you know talk about this here today, and she said uh, she said, "Wow, I was way sneakier than than she than she knew." Shame on you, Tyler. It's it's rough. It's bad. Is this like Augustine's pear story? It is. Ste- it is. stealing the pear. <laughs> Yes, this it is, is. This is your tr- first time where you f- found yourself actually in need of redemption. Oh yeah, I. This was yes. This was the first time that I found my, <laughs> myself in need of redemption. I was the golden child. Other than that, uh, but the best part of all this is, and and here's why I, I am I am so passionate about talking about Harry Potter now, um, is that over the next few years, like basically when I became fifteen. I turned 15. Mom realized that she wasn't going to be able to change me, uh, and I was going to read it anyway. So I was I was reading it out in the open. So essentially, my rebellion won, uh, unfortunately. Um, but when the last book came out, I I finished it. You know, wiped a tear from my eye because it was so brilliant. I gave all of the books to my mom, and I said, "I you have to read this. You love literature. What are you talking about that you're not reading this book?" And so she read. She said, "Okay, I trust you." And then I was graduating college then. That's how long it took them all to come out. So I graduated from college, uh, or I was about to graduate from college. And over the summer, she read all seven books of Harry Potter twice. Wow! Because she fell in love with them, and hmm. she rereads them every year. In fact, she's rereading them right now wow. uh, because she loves them so much. So we, we kind of ran the gamut, and I went from rebellion to I think you know redeeming my mom in all of this. <laughs> Redeeming your mom by yeah. getting her to go back on her word. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I corrected my if mom. If you're a child listening to this, don't pay attention to anything <laughs> Mr. Howitt just said. That's right. Please, kids, listen to your parents. But it, it is a good reminder that sometimes we as parents draw lines. Yeah. And, and maybe we don't always know where to draw the lines. And I think, you know, the Lord helps us as we as we grow with our children to sometimes move the lines that yeah. we thought were really uh, important early on, which kind of gets me to my, my next thought, which is Tyler, this, this podcast isn't really about Harry Potter, is it? It's not, not exactly. You know, we're, we're going to use it, I think in a really good way to talk about those lines in the sand, to talk about how do we talk to our kids? And I I mean, I'm I'm not a parent, but I am a teacher and I talk to our kids, my kids here about movies and music and TV shows all the time. So how do we gauge what what we let our kids watch. And of course I am, because I'm not a parent, I can't say, yes, you should go watch that override your parents. I would never do that. But, um, but you know, the kids, the kids ask, the kids are watching stuff. They're seeing things and they want to know what I think about stuff. Mm-hmm. So how Which do I we... think is one of the greatest things that you offer our students, Tyler, is that you do engage them in a dialogue and help them think about these things. Oh, and, and there have been plenty of times where I've said, are you joking? Why are you watching that right now? And sometimes it's like, my dad made me watch it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I can't. <laughs> can't argue with that. I guess I can't argue with that. But uh, but there have been a few times where it's like, yeah, turn that off. Like, don't, what are you doing watching that? So it's it's actually, I find it a really useful 
a useful tool and a way of connecting and having a good relationship with, uh, with our students. Um, so what, Eric, you tell me now, what's, what are your views on Harry Potter? How have you drawn that line with your kids or have you? And then where, where are we as a school, not just on Harry Potter, but on books like it? Yeah. Well, I'll give you, I'm going to give you a snapshot of where we have landed as a family. And then I'll come back to it towards the end of the podcast um, to just kind of, as we, as we kind of wrap up with principles that we got to be thinking about as parents. But as a family, we have, have chosen to allow our, uh, our kids to read uh, Harry Potter and other books of similar nature. Um, You know, there's some that we've said definitely no, can't, can't go there. Um, And and I would say the same thing. Can you say what some of those are? Uh, well, I, I, putting you on a spot. I'm sorry. Yeah. I hesitate to do it only because, um, I think this is where, uh, this is, and this is kind of what I'll get to at the end is I, I think in some ways, um, where would you draw the line, um, is actually less important than, than staying engaged with your kids. Um, I would agree. And so we'll come back to that in a, in a minute, but I want to talk a little bit about the school. Um, and it's interesting being a uh, being a, a leader in the Christian community as a school, you know, our, as a school, we're considered kind of this this leader. Well, our whole our whole mission is to educate Christian leaders. Right. And right. so so I uh, I would say at least two times a year I get a phone call or a question from an uh, a, a prospective family. And one of the first questions out of their mouth is, okay, what's your stance on Harry Potter? And, um, and I, I, I know of some people who upon enrolling here, that's one of the things that they ask, right? Yeah, or or yes. at least the perspective. Yeah, they, they, like I, I've had, yeah, they, they either, they'll, they'll either choose to enroll or not enroll based upon how I answer that question. Yeah. And I, uh, this is where we have landed as a school. So as a school, we have landed on not taking a stance um, for or against Harry Potter, uh, which in f- essence is taking a stance more for it, or at least because you're not banning it. Yeah, because we're not drawing a firm line in the sand. And and here's why. Here's why we've done it. Number one, um, first of all, we think it's a family decision. You know, this is this is for parents to discern, and uh, so let's let let's let parents wrestle with this with their kids. Um, Second of all, the classical tradition places a high value on exposing students to a wide array of literature with a wide array of worldviews that come out in that literature so that we can equip the students to be critical thinkers. And the only way that our students learn to be critical thinkers is to hear things that they disagree with. Yeah, that's which is shocking. Yeah, shocking. That's shocking. Ironically, um, we read the Bible at the River Academy, and some of the most scandalous things I've ever read have come right out of the Bible, right? Uh, So I've recently finished reading through the whole uh, Bible in a year, Uh, first time I've ever done it, and uh, and uh, which has been really fun. But I have been, but one of the main things I've been reminded of is. Woo, there's some racy stuff in here. There really is. Uh, I mean, look, you read through Genesis, and yeah, we've yeah. got, I mean, yeah. and we first only and need to make Samuel a list. And, oh, woo, yeah. yeah. It's it's rough. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, let alone just the the number of times that I, like when I did Sunday school or I've taught younger kids, and, you know, the, you know, the Mr. Howitt, what's a this, or what does this mean comes up, and I'm like, uh, that's, and it's out of the Bible. That's actually, that's for your parents. I'm going to let your parents handle yeah, that one. Yeah, totally. So, but again, kind of getting back to it, so 
We want our kids to be critical thinkers, and the way that they do that is wrestling with different worldviews and doing so from a biblical worldview. And right. honestly, they need teachers and parents right. who are engaged in the dialogue. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> and so if we're just saying nope, nope, sorry, don't talk about that. We don't we don't go there. Um, then it's hard for our kids to learn those critical thinking skills, and it's hard for them to learn how to apply that biblical yeah. worldview to some of those controversial things. And you know, Tyler, uh, you. Of all of our teachers, you probably expose our kids to some of the worst stuff with thinking about, you know, uh, Iliad and Odyssey and Oedipus oh, and, you know, all of this stuff in ancient history. It's there's some. Yeah, I, I'm teaching. So I'm teaching the Odyssey right now and uh, to your daughter. Yes. And, uh, you know, the first time that we meet our hero, um, he is. And he's trapped on an island. He's crying about it, but he's trapped on an island, and he has been essentially having an affair with his prison keeper for, who is in the form of a beautiful nymph, um, for it's is for years, and that's something that we engage we engage with it here. We don't I don't shy away from it. Like oh guys, don't ask what they've been doing on the island because it's clear. Like the text yeah. says it. Yeah. Um, but if we stop engaging with it, one, come on, our kids are smart. These are 15, 16 year olds, 10th yeah. graders who yeah. are reading it. I can't be like, ah, oh, they're just, they're hugging a lot. You know, like we can't have yeah. that discussion um, or we can't have a real discussion about the worldview at work if we begin hiding things. Yeah. And the, the, the most critical thing that we want our kids to do is to look at this situation and say, uh, okay, what are his actions and yeah. what are the long-term consequences of those actions and how do they square with, with my Christian faith? Yeah, because we have the conversation that, you know, with that one, in Greek society, it wasn't really that wrong for him to be doing what he was doing there. Um, and so we, we actually had to have a, a bit of a dual discussion in the eyes of the Greeks. He, that, he's still a hero. That's fine, actually. He returns home. He reunites with his wife. It's okay. We have a harder time labeling him as a hero because of some of the choices that he makes that don't, don't square with us. And so, Which is okay, right? Which it's is okay very okay. For our kids to read great works of Western literature yeah. and in the end say, not a hero. Not a hero. And and frankly, that's that's most of what I'm doing in in the Greek and Roman literature stuff is going ah those guys really good ideas, real wrong yeah. uh, about the stuff that they're doing too. Yeah. So, and so I think that's the way that we have to approach Harry Potter. That's totally. the way we have to approach a lot of the especially you know if we're talking here especially to parents, the young adult literature that's out there is is very, uh, really compelling, really good ideas, lots of dystopias, lots of romances and things like that. Nothing wrong with, with that in and of themselves. It's now what's the worldview that they're espousing and is it one that we can engage with and question and interrogate and say, um, is this something that we should be filling our minds with? What can we learn from it? That kind of stuff. You know, Tyler, you made a comment about uh, avoiding or yeah. sticking our head in the sand. Right. You made me think of, of two stories. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is kind of the principle that I think of surrounding this, that avoidance is not the same as internalization. Avoidance is not the same as internalization. So in other words, uh, so and this I'll just, you know, tell on our family here. So we try to minimize the amount of sugar that our kids eat. Uh, and so we're pretty restrictive about that. We've gotten less so over time, but but in general, we've been, our kids would say, overly strict. Uh, we would I, I, say- I think that I gave Lizzie a piece of chocolate the other I, day. <laughs> I'm sure you did. And that, But the funny thing is that when our kids get around candy, um, what, uh, what we notice is that they tend to overindulge. 
on that candy. And I don't know so, what like at you all. know, because it's not a moral issue, my wife and I chuckle about it and we say, well, clearly our values have not been transferred to our children because when they have the opportunity to eat candy, they uh, indulge. They gorge themselves. They gorge themselves. <laughs> uh, I also know a, a friend of mine who didn't have a TV growing up. Mm. And really it was for philosophical reasons because, you know, how else is the devil gonna corrupt the youth right. than through the That's idiot the box? Uh, or also known as the TV. Oh yeah. Uh, so so didn't have a TV growing up. Well, he gets to college, and lo and behold, of course he's got you know his roommate's got a TV in his in his dorm room. Oh yeah. So what does he do his freshman year of college? He doesn't go to class. He spends all day watching TV because he hasn't had it. He's got stuff to catch up it. on. Yeah, he's got stuff to catch up <laughs> on exactly. So clearly, in that case. Uh, avoidance or, or, you know, parents removing the temptation did not equal internalization. You know, at some point he had to develop self-control all on his own. And, and really that's what we want for our kids, right? We want self-governing children. We want kids who are self-controlled and, and self-critical and able to, you know, kind of think through these things themselves. And, uh, and so one of the ways that we do that is by staying engaged with them not just sticking our head in the sands yeah but staying engaged yeah and i think that that's exactly that that uh, last story i think is exactly again i'm not a parent but but that is my fear for my students who um who who are going to go off to college and those those who have been um like and there's a difference i've got some kids who who uh, you know their parents they, they haven't watched Star Wars with them or something like that and and for me that's you know that's criminal but but at the same time you know it's just because their parents don't like Star Wars it's not it's not that yeah. they have a moral issue with it um, but the difference with you know I I will not allow you to watch this because it's got content that we don't want to engage with and I think that's exactly the point you know our job here as as educators um, and I think even more so as parents is to give tools uh, give the kids the tools to be people in the world, Um, you know, and and even more so, what? Thinking people. Thinking people, yeah. Thinking people and and even more so uh, thinking Christians who can lead in the world, you know? Yeah, amen. It's, it's, it's so by hiding, they're never going to be able to handle the things thrown at them if they haven't experienced and discussed them in a, in a theoretical sense by reading books in an imaginary sense and in a safe place. You know, we can talk, I joke, uh, I think I joked last week on the podcast, but I joke with the kids all the time, you know, with the Iliad, we're about to start reading the Iliad, and it's just chock full of blood, gore, guts. I don't have to actually send them to a battle to let them know what it's like. We can read about it on the page and discuss it and the trauma and the, and the, the horrific nature of a battle, and they don't have to go through it. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, not with Harry Potter, I don't need them to go, you know, like it's not that, well, I'm going to cut that out, that was not good. Uh but let's let's go let's go to Harry Potter. But this is I want to kind of just use this as a again like as a microcosm um, of of maybe what ifs with literature. Yeah. Um, so for example, Harry Potter. Our biggest question it's witchcraft, right? It's witchcraft. They are exploring things of the devil. It's really you know it's it's dark magic. It's paganism, maybe even Satanism. Um, so I, I guess isn't isn't magic bad at least shouldn't we be letting we, we shouldn't be letting our kids get mixed up in that right yeah that i think well the answer to that is yes it we is. shouldn't we, be allowing them we, to get we shouldn't yeah. we shouldn't allow, be allowing them to get mixed up in that and and practice practicing it but of course reading about it uh does not equal uh yeah. you know them participating in it and in some ways um 
wouldn't you say that there's a pretty clear portrayal of good yeah. and evil uh, oh. in Harry Potter, which, yeah. which you know, I think uh, helps the kids as they're reading through it to discern, hey, actually, no, this is when it's not helpful. Yeah, and and the way that I really look at it too is there's there's our three big kind of fantasy series that we talk about with with teenagers and and and, and of course there's way more I I've I've read just about everything that's out there if I can um, in terms of the the you know series for kids or the YA series um, we've got our Percy Jacksons and some things as well but you know we've got we've got Chronicles of Narnia we've got um, Lord of the Rings and we've got Harry Potter. My issue is is that don't all three of those have magic? Isn't there a white witch in in uh, Chronicles of Narnia? And isn't there an evil an evil witch uh, evil uh, sorcerer in Lord of the Rings? And isn't there a good wizard in Lord of the Rings? Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great question. And so why so we we have this problem with one over the other? Yeah, sometimes I wonder if if actually our biggest problem is that. Uh, or the, the the one of the reasons we draw the line in the sand is because well well Tolkien's okay because he was a Christian he's a Christian and and Lewis come yeah, on who's going to say yeah, no to Lewis can, yeah, how can you argue with Lewis right but Rowling hasn't Rowling's not a theologian so we can't she she's she's out she doesn't make the cut yeah and and man it, it, the pictures and I I we could go on we could do a whole series just dissecting you know we could do a, a Harry Potter book club in here Tali, don't you have a book that that talks about the gospel according to Harry Potter. Or I something do, in along fact. Those lines. I do. I have I have two books. They're both sitting right here. One is the gospel according to Harry Potter. The other one is Harry Potter and philosophy. Um, I'll try to put some uh, the links to them on Amazon. Um, or if you're a parent at this school, come in and and borrow them from me and take a look at them because I think uh, if it, they answer your questions, there are some beautiful portrayals of of friendship and love and caring and sacrificial love, sacrificial Christ-like love um, in especially the later books of Harry Potter. Um, and and Rowling herself has admitted that that she put some of that stuff in there and she's walked him back every once in a while. You know, she goes back and forth on whether she intended the Christ imagery in there. But I would say, you know, if we can, if I can pull some, some, some amazing character studies and some, some important um, lessons out of the Iliad and the Odyssey, which are so blatantly pagan, I can do. I could do so much more with with Harry Potter. I mean, I really we could teach Harry Potter for a year here in one of our humane letters classes, and I think I could get the lessons across with more strength. Even you can't do that this yet, is, Tyler. This is sorry. me begging, actually. Yeah. Sorry, Tyler, it's not going to happen yet. But, <laughs> not yet. But I think you know that it does get us. I think get us back to the to the to the thought of uh, what's the point? The yeah. point is that. We want our kids engaging with with material yeah. from a from a clear Christian worldview. So, uh, you know, as we're getting down to our closing time here, yeah, uh, let's wrap it up with let's let's talk through some principles. Yeah, principles absolutely. That that uh, we that we as parents can use uh, when trying to decide where to draw the line, where right. to draw the line for our kids. You want me to? Yeah, yeah, kick it off. You're, you're the parent here. I might, I might ask some questions. Okay, but, great. So when uh, you're talking to your kids, where, where is it yeah. that you draw the line? So, like I said earlier, I, again, I actually think that it's less about where you draw the line and more about staying engaged with your kids, being yeah. fully engaged with your kids uh, through the process. And uh, you know, so you know, think of two extremes. So think of the parent who uh, says no to everything, right? And basically. Uh, you know, wants to just 
hold their child in a hole for you know all of their their growing up years and just basically or try even, to protect even, them. even more positively they they want they want to they want to hold their like wrap their kids in keep their, their arms inno- keep their keep their child's innocence yeah. for as long as possible which right. i think is a great thing uh but but then they but but if you if you do that if you put all of the restrictions on but then you don't also stay engaged with your child relationally to right. still be processing these things then there's the risk of when they get out from underneath your care, mm-hmm. all of that stuff is going to bombard them. And are they going to have the tools to be able to discern, okay, what do I take in and what do I not? So that's why, again, you can choose to to put lots of restrictions on. But if you're going to do that, you also have to choose to stay really engaged with, yeah. engaged with your kids and be talking about how to discern and how to make good choices in these sorts of things and and how to evaluate whether something's right or wrong, good or evil, yeah. uh, helpful or not helpful. Um, okay, take the other extreme of the person who opens the floodgates um, and uh, opens the floodgates for their kids and uh, but then also, also isn't, still doesn't isn't engage. engaged. Yeah. Okay, well that that child is also going to be tossed around. Yep. Um, they're going to be because they they won't again have the tools. Yeah. So so what's the what's the principle? Well, the principle is engage with your kids, yep. give them the tools, stay you know stay in conversation so that they can rightly discern what's helpful and what is, isn't helpful. Right. Well, and even then, it's also knowing. I would assume it's knowing your kids' temperaments too. Because yep. some some kids just. And, and some adults, we can't. We have different thresholds yep. of how much we can handle scary or yep. dark or, or. Even even my wife and I have, I have. There's movies that I love. Yeah. Uh, that my wife will not watch, and they're not violent movies. They're no. Not, they don't have bad content in them, but they're they're too emotionally weighty. Totally. For her, and she just says, "I can't shake them. Can't I watch it. them, and I can't shake them, and yep. so she won't do it." You know. The, so. There's some for me that was, and I I watch. I mean, I watch a lot of stuff. I, I write for a, a, a pop cultural review website. I I mean, I take in a lot of content. But there are a few things that's that's too too, too much for me. Yeah, and intense. and I watch a lot. But um, the other thing I, I would assume is is you know, going along with knowing knowing your kid's temperament. It's that it's that idea of of. Uh, Oh, I lost train of my thought. Uh, no, of of also like doing doing research. Yeah. Like, how do you know? You know, instead of instead of like my mom did. You know, we slam no. the door. Nope, this is yeah. not happening. Yeah. Um, without and that doesn't mean you know we can always go down that road of like, well, if you watch anything, you, you yeah. can watch anything and determine that it's that it's good. But what if you start watching you know really evil stuff? You yeah. watch pornography or whatever. Okay, that's the extreme. Yeah. How do you as a parent judge ahead of time? I'm going to let them go see this movie or not or yeah, whatever. That's, I think that's a great question. And I, I think it, um, well, I'll, I'll give you my general paradigm on parenting. Uh, and, and that is that it's kind of like a, an upside down funnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when they are young, uh, when they're young, the, uh, you know, so think of young at the top of the funnel, but mm-hmm. it's the narrow part. Uh, you want their, um, you want their freedoms to be highly limited right. because their ability to be self-controlled and responsible is yeah. also highly limited. Right. So in our household, when our kids are little, uh, it's kind of like a tyranny. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, we're in charge and and that's yeah. that's the way it goes. Which interestingly is opposite of modern uh, of modern parenting philosophy. Modern parenting Stick philosophy the iPad in their hands says and... give your kids tons and tons and tons of freedom when they're young to let them figure out who they are. 
Um, I would say, well, actually, I would go the opposite. Uh, you know, you want to mold and I shape. Want I, to, I want to, to have a really tight rein when they're young, but then as they get older, I want, as their responsibility grows, as their ability to be self-controlled goes, yeah. grows, that funnel gets wider and wider and wider to the point where um, they're, when they're you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, uh, I, I want to have many of the restrictions completely removed from yeah. my kids. And of course, if you have a, a child that has shown themselves to be less responsible, yeah. then obviously, then yeah. that those freedoms come when they show responsibility. <laughs> right, but, it's a trade-off. But if they show responsibility and they show themselves to be trustworthy, then I want to be giving my kids a ton of freedom right. by the time they're in uh, you know, mid to late high school. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And, and just knowing those, those, um, those filters for yourself and filters for your kids, knowing where to, where to look, you know, there's places like commonsensemedia.org, which, which has really good detailed reviews on the types of material. IMDb has a good parents page yeah. for almost every movie. One of the things that's been fun to see our daughter, Lizzie's in, in 10th grade and, um, and you know, uh, she is now coming to us mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, I don't, uh, I looked this up on Common Sense Media, and I, I don't think we should watch it as oh, a family because um, there's this scene and this scene, and I just don't think that our uh, the younger siblings are ready right. for it. You know, so she's actually starting she to use that discernment, um, and I actually I don't take any credit for that. I think it's mainly been you. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you That's, go. <laughs> I, I think you're the one who's been helping her discern those things, but. Uh, but that's it's fun to see that in action. See no, them start to and use it's those good to hear actually. You know that they're, that in 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 application. You know, it, not all of our our uh, labors are fruitless. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good totally, to know. Totally. Totally. Well, so uh, with all of that, all of that stuff. Um, this is kind of a, a weirder question, I guess. You know, it's our. I, we normally ask, "Are we going with the flow right now?" Um, and so I guess, are we? Who's the we in this case? Is it us? Is it the school? Is yeah. it you as a parent? Well, I. Yeah, that's. I don't know how to. It's hard to answer because yeah. on the there's there's so many different paradigms within Christian right. within kind of evangelical Christianity today. You have some people who say uh, super restrictive, right. don't you know, really limited entertainment, and then there's other circles that say ah, let your kids do whatever right. you know. And um, so I would say that I, I like to think of us here as actually cutting against, or I hope. Right. That what we are doing is cutting against the grain. That mm -hmm. we're actually going going against the flow. Yeah. Specifically because the the temptation that we all have as parents and as educators is to take the easiest route, and the easiest route is to let your kids take it in. Right. But not help them with the discerning process right. and help and them regulate that that's flow. That's right. Of that's it. right. Yeah. And and I hope that what I'm doing as a parent, and I hope that what we're doing here as a school mm -hmm. is actually kind of metering out the flow, you know, letting letting the floodgates yeah. come out, you know, at a metered rate, but then helping them to discern. And right. I hope at least that that is uh, one way that we're fighting upstream in a way that's gonna help our kids yeah. to be well-equipped when they graduate. Yeah, because honestly, living in, in our world today uh, and, and with all the, the the inundation of, of pop culture and media and stuff, which some of it is, is really great. Some of it is not great. It can be like drinking out of a fire hose, yep. you know, and, and so we've, it, it's our responsibility and, and us as a school. And again, I'm, I'm a teacher, not a parent. And so, you know, in, you know, we, we operate in local parentis in partnership with parents 
um, and and I hope that that's that's something that that uh, you know I can I can aid parents with uh, that I can help with, um, but then also you know. If if parents have questions, I, I love I love that conversation. And, in fact, and you should actually avail yourself of Tyler's <laughs> resources because he is the guru when it comes to Christian worldview and film. I try, I try. I'm thinking I have I'm toying with a book. It's it's I kind love of it. I think you should do it. It's kind of rattling around back there. Well, that brings us to the end, I think, of our episode. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook, The River Academy. You can find us at the www.theriveracademy.org. We are on all of the podcast platforms, as far as I know. We're on Google. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. Um, and it, you can find links to all of those on our website as well. Um, interact with us. Let us know what you think. You can find us on Facebook, uh, again, at The River Academy. Um, you'll see our, our posts about uh, the podcast there. Uh, but and join us next week. We're going to talk about marriage. We are talking about marriage next week. It's going to be very exciting. Yep. I'm pumped. Thanks for listening to Going With The Flow, a River Academy podcast. Follow us on Facebook at The River Academy and find us online at www.theriveracademy.org. Also, rate and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts.